0: Welcome to the Thriving in the Kingdom podcast with me, Vincent Kodongo. This is a place where you learn how to function in the Kingdom of Heaven with optimal fruitfulness through the application of its timeless principles. We have been speaking about how to pray effectively, and we have covered uh, six uh, keys for effective prayer. In our last episode, we spoke about uh, the sixth key, which was uh, that you should engage praise and worship. In today's episode, we want to address the seventh key, and that is that it is that you should engage the power of fasting, engage the power of fasting. If you want your prayer to be effective, you should add fasting to it. The word fasting in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament, uh, comes from the Greek word nestia, N-E-S-T-E-I-A. Uh, which which is derived from two uh, words. Uh, it's called, it's a combination of two uh, w- a prefix and a, another word. And uh, the first one is n n ne. Ne is basically ne, which is a, a negative pref- prefix. Prefix. And then uh, the other the other word that, that it's derived from is uh, S-T-O, which is to eat. So when you saying negative and uh, still it's meaning not to eat you see so it's nest nestia. the word is nest here uh, so therefore the meaning of this word is uh that fasting is voluntary abstinence from food <coughs> voluntary abstinence of food is not an issue of lacking food is a is an issue of a voluntary uh, abstinence from food of course one of the meanings of the word fasting in the bible which you'll see in the king james version uh, is uh, going without food, going hungry, just going hungry. Generally, it's also one of the meanings of fasting. When you now is translated in other Bible versions, uh, of the more the more contemporary versions, you find that they use the word "go hungry" or "went without food." That's very different. But in this context, uh, uh, we're saying that is fasting is voluntary abstinence from food. Voluntary abstinence from food, and uh, within the context of prayer, we'll say that uh, fasting is the voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. It is self-denial of the appetites of the body, which is primarily food and sex, for the purposes of focusing on spiritual matters. For example, prayer, study of the word, praise and worship. So it's not just food. It includes the appetite of sex. And this is a this is depicted in the Bible in First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verse three to five, uh, speaking about uh, uh, about it within the context of marriage, uh, about prayer. So the Bible says this. It says uh, in Second Corinthians chapter seven, First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verse three to five. It says uh, uh, <clears throat> the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise, likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband in the same way. The the husband's body does not belong to him alone, uh, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer. You see that? Uh, Then come together so that uh, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So you see in verse uh, 5, it says, uh, <clears throat> "It starts, the first part of verse 5 says, Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourself to prayer. So as you can see, this is a, a form of uh, a fasting. So when you're fasting, be encouraged to deny yourself not only of uh, food, but if you're married, you're also supposed to deny yourself of sex uh so it's it's so it's a self denial uh, in respect of the appetites of the body that is food and sex for the purposes of focusing on spiritual matters for example prayer study of the word praise and worship uh, <coughs> and other associated factors uh, uh supporting this uh spiritual engagements. uh, <coughs> uh there are some uh <coughs> there are some obstacles in the natural and spiritual realm that cannot be removed without prayer. There are some obstacles in the natural and spiritual realm that cannot be removed without prayer and fasting because uh, they need a certain dimension of spiritual power. Uh, There are some things that cannot live or come into our lives without prayer and fasting. There are some things that cannot live or come into our life. It's not only the things that can live, but also the things that can be brought into your life. As you pray and you break, break forth, they break forth and, and enter your life supernaturally, except by prayer and fasting. And we can see this uh, in, uh, uh, in, the, in the scriptures, uh, in the book of uh, Mark chapter 9. This was uh, the case about uh, <coughs> uh, Jesus uh, and his disciples. Uh, and the healing of a boy with an evil spirit. <clears throat> so the Bible says this in Mark chapter nine from verse fourteen. The story is long, but I'll just read uh the whole story uh goes from uh, fourteen to twenty nine, but I'll not read all the scriptures huh? I'll just pick some portions you can read them later. <clears throat> uh, so in, in Mark chapter nine, verse fourteen, the Bible says it says When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them. And the teachers of the law arguing with them, As soon as all, all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. <clears throat> um, uh, what are you arguing uh, with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by uh, a spirit that has robbed him of speech. <clears throat> Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid i asked your disciples to drive out the spirit but they could not O unbelieving generation jesus replied how long shall i stay with you how long shall i put uh, up with you bring the boy to me then the verse uh, 20 says so they brought brought he they brought him uh, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. So the spirit could recognize Jesus in terms of the power and the authority of Jesus. So verse 21 says, uh, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has, been, it has often thrown him into the fire, into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us verse 23 says if you can said jesus everything is impo- is possible for him who believes so you can see what i was saying that there are some things that are so difficult that they cannot be released into your life they can you cannot have a breakthrough uh, re- or re- removed out of your life except by prayer and fasting or out of somebody else's life so now it con- we continue it says uh Jesus tell him everything is possible to for him who believes then verse 24 says immediately the boy's father exclaimed i do believe uh, I do believe help me overcome my unbelief when Jesus saw a crowd uh, uh, saw that a crowd was running to the scene he rebuked the evil spirit you deaf and mute spirit he said i command you come out of him and never enter him again you see so the spirit left him but the disciples were not able to do this. But now Jesus did it, and when the disciples were not able to do it, the Pharisees came there, perhaps arguing with their theolo- coming up with their theological arguments about why the situations could not uh, be resolved. You know, that's the way people sometimes behave. You try to look for scriptures and uh, theological persuasions to explain your inability to resolve something that can be resolved by God. You see, uh, just because you lack. The, the 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 dimension of uh, the anointing of the holy spirit or the the level of power for that as uh, that thing to be resolved or the level of wisdom you know so so jesus came at a higher higher dimension and he, he cast out this evil spirit then in verse 26 it says the spirit shrieked and conv- convulsed him violently and came out the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, "Why could couldn't we drive it out?" In verse 29, he replied, "This kind come, uh, can come out only by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting, you see. So that's the emphasis. So you see, like this was a situation in which there was a demonic force which was oppressing it had actually possessed this uh, boy, and uh, it was uh, causing him. It caused him to be deaf and dumb, you know, and uh, and uh, it would, It was also threatening to kill him, throwing him into the fire. And the disciples, who Jesus had given authority over the powers of the uh, the devil, they could not be able to resolve this. And why he explained it to them, it's because this kind, this kind, cannot go except by prayer and fasting. So you need to realize that there are some prayers that you are praying for breakthroughs that will not be answered except you engage fasting because the, 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 the spiritual opposition cannot uh, respond unless the power dimension released by prayer and fasting is released. <coughs> and also there are some, some prayers that cannot come to you you know, there are some there are some cases where you need things to be removed out of there, but there are some things you need to be pulled into your life. They can only come by the dimension of prayer and fasting. So, what can come by prayer and fasting? In that dimension, can only come by prayer and fasting. Cannot come in any other way. So, fasting should be a component of our life as kingdom citizens. Our fasting is not untwisting God to do what he does not want to do. It is also not earning our righteousness before him. Rather, it is humbling oneself before the Lord as we seek his mercy for intervention in our situations presented before him. So you are humbling yourself. You're not trying to 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 beg, you're not trying to untwist God, it is humbling ourselves. And this appears several places in several places in the Bible. One of them being in uh, Second Corinthians, uh, chapter seven. It's a common scripture we normally read. Portion of scripture we normally read in that's Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse thirteen to fourteen. This was uh, God responding to the prayer of Solomon after the de- dedication of the temple. Then he says this in verse thirteen. He says, "When I shut up the heavens, so that there is no rain or command." locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will then, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land you see so it's speaking about uh, his people and of course in this in the kingdom the people in the kingdom of heaven in the New Testament are the people who have accepted Jesus Christ. Those are his people, his children. So he says, if you, if we humble themselves, then he says that if my people, in verse 14, if my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You see, so it's about humbling, humbling oneself. You see, humbling oneself. So, so, when you're sick, when you're turning away from your wicked ways, when you're praying, when you're confessing your sin, that is an expression of humbling oneself. See, so humbling oneself, and you can see the same thing happened in, in, uh, in, in the book of uh, Jonah. You find that there was a sense in which there were when Jonah came and prophesied that there was going to be a destruction in forty days, and there will be there will be uh, uh, Nineveh will be destroyed. And then they decided to pray and fast. They humble themselves before the Lord. And God had mercy and he forgave them their sin. And he, and they turned from their wicked ways. Uh, after they humble themselves and turned from their wicked ways. And, and he, after with prayer and fasting. Then God forgave them their sins. Just like this. So that happens in several parts of the scripture. Even in the book of Joel chapter 2. You see also the command given also for. For prayer and fasting from the point of uh, humbling oneself, repenting from for the sins, turning away, because repentance is confessing one's uh, one sin and turning away from it. So fasting is not uh, just like prayer, generally uh, just like when you are praying, whether it's by persistence uh, uh, or by fasting. It is not uh, uh, it's not, I'm twisting God. It's also not uh, earning our righteousness before him rather it is humbling ourselves as we seek his mercy for intervention in our situations before, before him okay so having understood that, sir, that, that being the context of fasting there are many more things we can say about it but for today let's speak about uh, the benefits of prayer and fasting the benefits of the prayer and fasting what are the benefits of prayer and fasting we are speaking about. Remember, our, our 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 series is about praying effectively, and we're saying prayer and fasting is is one of the ways of effective prayer. So, what are the benefits? What does prayer and fasting result in? That we say that it is an effective dimension of uh, prayer, apart from the fact that it can remove uh, that 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 what makes it be able to remove obstacles that cannot be removed in other ways. <clears throat> what makes it valuable? And the first uh, thing about the benefit of prayer and fasting is supernatural power. Is the upsurge of supernatural power, the power within us, uh, is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, the Scripture says, says uh, in Luke chapter four, verse uh, about Jesus. Uh, Luke chapter four, verse one and two says this. It says. Uh, uh, Jesus, full of the, the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, the wilderness, huh? where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing, and during those days, at the end of them, and at the end of them, he was hungry. So he had gone, and he was in a state of prayer and fasting. Then uh, as, then in verse 14, it says, after the next uh, scriptures, uh, uh uh, from verse 3 to 13 speak about his temptations. <clears throat> uh, then verse 14 says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout, through the whole countryside. Verse 4, 15 says, He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. So you see, he came under the uh, a new dimension of power. Why? Because he was in the wilderness and he spent that time in prayer. And fasting, and in the word, because he was using the word to counter every uh, uh, temptation by the kingdom of darkness, by Satan. So, so therefore, the first key, the first benefit of prayer and fasting, is the the of the expression of the supernatural power. The Holy Spirit is a person who has power, but. Uh, he is expressed through us in power that power in him is expressed through us when we pray and when we fast and so when you fast uh and invest heavily in it as a, a lifestyle or in a season what ima- what, ha- what what happens is that you uh, you you move into a new dimension of empowerment and that's why some things that could not go except by, uh, by that, that could not go by uh, uh, ordinary prayer and now go by prayer and fasting because you are operating at a new dimension of power within that context. <clears throat> so, another another uh, other benefits of prayer and fasting are reflected in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 to 12. There are others in the other parts of the Bible, but Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 to 12, summarize them. Summarizes them in an adequate sense, and so I'll, I'll read, and then we just uh, go through them. Isaiah uh, chapter 58, verse six to twelve. It's a very well-known scripture when you're speaking about prayer and fasting. So the scripture says, it says, "Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and break every yoke." Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your rashness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noon, the noonday. The Lord will guide you always and he will satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like springs, like a spring, whose waters never fail. Your, you will, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of the broken walls, restorer of the streets with dwellings. You see, so there are so many benefits listed here. And so we, we there are things that we it's necessary to go through them slowly. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> in summary, we can say, just extracting from that portion of scripture, you find that... Uh, Apart from spiritual power, as mentioned in Luke chapter four, that the benefits of prayer and fasting from Isaiah chapter fifty-eight six to twelve uh, is that uh, is is a supernatural deliverance. This is where the script, the portion of scripture speaks about losing chains of injustice, breaking the cords of the yoke, setting the oppressed free. So it's super. It brings supernatural deliverance to yourself and to the persons you are praying for. So as you pray and fast, sometimes I've seen that sometimes when you're praying and fasting with some people, then you, you find suddenly things break free, things that could not break free before. They break free. And it's because a force of darkness was holding it here. You know? Or even a season of prayer and fasting and somebody were, uh, was in a situation and I pray for them and they experience a breakthrough, just like the way Jesus uh, prayed and the, the demon was uh, uh, left, the boy, the demon who could not leave when the disciples were praying for him. Uh, so you find... Uh, I've found that also that when I'm, I'm in a season of prayer and fasting of, or just because of my lifestyle and prayer and fasting, there's some prayers I agree with people and they pray and there's an unlocking of the uh, the, 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 the supernatural in terms of deliverance, supernatural deliverance, supernatural losing of chains, of y- breaking of yokes and setting, of oppression, setting free from oppression. Another benefit from that portion of scripture is the outbreak of spiritual light. This is about... Uh, revelation. is about uh, uh, supernatural revelation. Revelation, you know, the Holy Spirit is spoken, is, is, uh, is, uh, is called the spirit of wisdom and revelation in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. <coughs> uh, and in, in, in Isaiah, chapter, Isaiah chapter 11, they speak about uh, him as the spirit of wisdom and understanding of counsel and power of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Saying, so? the spirit of wisdom and understanding or the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So as you are praying and fasting, the, the you are suppressing the roadblocks from your your flesh and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through your spirit and therefore there is an outbreak of the spiritual light outbreak of revelation so that's one of the things that happens as you pray so you find you begin to see things that you couldn't see in scripture or understand things better because of this supernatural revelation it's not just effort that you're making to understand something is supernatural. And then there is, uh, the other benefit is acceleration of supernatural healing. It's in the same portion of scripture. It says your healing will quickly appear. You see, so, so I've seen, uh, I've seen uh, where we are praying with some people and then they were experiencing, uh, uh, they were struggling with uh, some infirmities. And as they were, we were praying and fasting with them, then there was a supernatural healing, acceleration of a supernatural healing. There's also another benefit which is uh, which the, the scripture the portion of scripture describes Isaiah 58 describes as a righteousness going before you, which is basically the nature and character of God being expressed in you. Okay? It being being in a more pronounced sense. So because the flesh is suppressed and the spirit comes uh, uh, up as we pray and fast because you are denying the flesh and feeding the spirit so the righteousness God was before you it's, it, it's pronounced then they, they it speaks about the glory of the, of the Lord being your record it is about the glory of the Lord enveloping you so it's manifest the, God's glory is manifested in you and it's seen it's evident when the people around you there's also breakthrough in prayer where it speaks about that uh, the Lord uh, speaks about God hearing you. So you, see, you begin to experience, experience uh, answers to prayer. That is, it appears in verse 9, which says, Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and you will say, Here I am. You see, so here am I. So you see, that's, that's another benefit. Huh? The, that's breakthrough in prayer. So your prayers are answered quickly. Uh, their answer, the present were not being answered. Then there's, then it says, You are light. The other, the other benefit is, You are light, it says spiritual light. You are light, the glory, rises in darkness, and your night becomes like noonday. So there's a spiritual glory and spiritual light that rises in the spiritual realm over you because of prayer and fasting. The other thing is divine direction. Uh, the other benefit from the same portion of scripture is divine direction, uh, uh in a clear sense because it speaks about. God leading you. Very clearly. In, in verse eleven it says, uh, uh, "The Lord will guide you always, and he will satis- uh, uh, he'll satisfy your needs in a sun land." You see, so so he speaks about uh, uh, that uh, that there will be that the God guiding you always. So so you have the benefit of divine direction. Sometimes I find that when you're praying and fasting, then you find that you hear God's voice more clearly. So you get divine direction clearly, clearer in a clearer sense then also you find that your needs are met in a difficult environment what he speaks about that uh, speaks about uh, a sunscotched land see that it uh, you satisfies your needs in a sunscotched land when people are suffering, you, your needs are met because of the supernatural dimension and these are natural and spiritual needs then he speaks about uh, that the Lord will strengthen your fame so the supernatural strength that you gain also from that fasting and then there's also supernatural uh, uh, refreshing, like a well watered garden, uh, or, or like a spring whose waters never failed. So you experience supernatural refreshing in your spirit and in your soul. And then there is also the other benefit is uh, you become an agent of restoration. That's, that means that you be, because through this power. And this capacity is stirred up by prayer and fasting. You find that you gain capacity to rebuild ancient ruins and raise up age-old foundations. Uh, You become a repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings, as as the portion is saying. So you become an an agent of of change supernaturally. Uh, You become an agent of supernatural restoration. Because you are operating under the anointing of the Spirit that is activated by the power of prayer and fasting. So you can see, as you can see, there are so many benefits to prayer and fasting. Uh, Therefore, so if you want to pray to be effective in your prayers, engage fasting. As we go towards concluding the episode, I would like you to reflect on these two questions. Is fasting a regular component of your prayer life? Secondly, which of the benefits of fasting mentioned in this episode have you gained? Have you experienced in your life? Which of the benefits of fasting mentioned in this episode have you experienced in your life? Or do you desire to experience in your life if you have not? If you have been blessed by this episode, I'd like you to uh, share the same uh, with a friend, a colleague, a family member, or anybody in your sphere of influence, even on your social media platform. Uh, or subscribe to the same so that you don't miss, subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any episode in future. Uh, and also give us feedback through the podcast platform from which you are listening to this from, or the e- email address provided in the show notes or the social media accounts. These are the best ways uh, to reach us, not a phone caller uh, or a message, but these are the, the ways in which you reach us. Uh, and Therefore, I pray for you that may God grant you abundance of grace to incorporate fasting to be a consistent dimension of your prayer life. Make it something that you do uh, every, like you can do it every month or every week, like I do it, uh, you know, or uh, particular uh, times. The more you see the value, the more you will in you will use it in your life. So I challenge you that... Uh, Tap into this key for effective prayer and you will see many things opening up and many breakthroughs coming into your life and all the benefits you have spoken about beginning to unfold in your life. God bless you.